0: Hello, this is Learning Tarot Together. I'm your host, Felix Kingsley, full-time social worker, part-time tarot enthusiast, and I'm here to share my journey into learning the meanings behind all 78 tarot cards with listeners and guests. This week, we'll be looking into the meaning behind number six in the major arcana, The Lovers. Here to help me is Claudia. Hey, Claudia. Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, what is your history with tarot? Uh,
1: so... I got my first tarot deck when I was, like, 13 or 14. I bought it at Barnes & Noble. Oh. I actually still have it, surprisingly. And uh, I, I dabbled with it a little bit then, um, but then didn't really uh, super get into it until I was, like, 24 or something. And uh, I, I just... Kept trying to find a a deck that worked for me uh, until I eventually did find one. And uh, I've been using it, you know, semi-regularly ever since.
0: Which deck did you find that ended up working for you?
1: Uh, The Line Strider deck by, um, I believe, Shiloh Thomas? Let me look it up. Shiloh Thompson.
0: I'm always just curious. There's so many different decks out there. Oh, this is really pretty. There's so many different decks out there, it's always so curious to see what people choose and what speaks to them.
1: Yeah, this one just really uh, works for me.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. So we're here to talk about the Lovers, which you kind of chose this card a little bit, um, or at least you didn't want to do the last card, which is understandable. I think that's uh, not as fun of a card to talk about as Lovers. What drew you to this card?
1: Um... I mean, it was somewhat next on your list, and I thought it was funny because I host a podcast about romance novels.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Well, so for people who aren't familiar with the card, the lovers, as I said, is the sixth card in the Major Arcana. In the story of the Fool's Journey, or the story of the Major Arcana, the Fool meets the lovers after the Hierophant. So after the Fool learned how to, like, think societally so to speak and to kind of have this kind of conservative traditional thinking he learns to think for himself and create his own ideas about the world he also learns about relationships unions and harmony with another person and that's a lot what this card has to do with it has to do with connection love but it also has to do with making choices personal decisions and things like that um, so I want to get into the imagery of the card because it's a pretty distinct image on the Rider Waite deck at least, which is pretty much picture the Garden of Eden. <laughs> if you haven't, you don't know what that, what to picture there. It is two naked, like a man and a woman, so to speak, naked in front of two trees, one of which is the kind of typical uh, tree from the Garden of Eden with the snake and the fruit and the other one appears to be on fire.
1: I don't how do you interpret that tree? I don't see it as being on fire. Um I consider like, you know, burning burning wildlife to be a different uh, biblical story. Um yeah, I,
0: and I'm not very religious, so I know that there is like a burning bush and stuff, but it yeah, like, that's from that's about um all I know.
1: That's from a, a later book that's uh it's a uh, Exodus, the whole uh, Passover story. I I think it's just a more flowery tree.
0: Mm. Okay, I wasn't sure. I've I've read different interpretations of it, so I wasn't sure how to how to take that one in. And then there is like an angel above them, which in former versions of the card, it used to be a Cupid, like. Mm-hmm. less of an angel and more of just the kind of traditional Cupid. So this card used to, in its imagery, be even more focused on the kind of lover's aspect of it, the kind of traditional sense, where it has, with the Rider-Waite deck, turned a little bit, and over time just in general, turned a little bit more to this kind of general, higher thinking um, aspect of it, which is interesting to me. Like, the kind of combination of this connection and love with another person and this idea of thinking for yourself and higher thinking in those ways Mm -hmm. um is there imagery on this card that really stands out to you or kind of when you're looking at this card and looking at the imagery how has that helped you kind of interpret this card in the past if at all
1: i've not really used the the rider weight imagery uh for a lot of the major arcana myself just because uh the like straight right-away deck isn't one that I use. Um but I'm I am drawn to uh how biblical this is um compared mm-hmm. to a lot of the other uh artwork in in this uh deck. I mean, the only other one that I can think of as being particularly uh, biblical would be uh, judgment. I think that's one with the the angel and the trumpet, right?
0: Um, I think so. I mix up judgment and justice a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's that's what I'm thinking of. But I mean, in particular, here the the snake wrapping around the tree, the fact that the tree. Kind of looks like a fig tree. I I could be mistaken, but I think that's the intent. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know the angel, the the Adam and Eve imagery. It's it's very interesting. I also think that uh the like construction of the image visually is interesting because it really draws your eye up to the top, uh where mm-hmm. both the angel is and the number is. The number is like right in the middle of this blazing sun
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that the kind of focus on the angel is interesting, considering what the card is. Mm-hmm. And I and I agree with you. When I I don't really use a rider weight deck very often. I I tend to use my cosmic slumber deck a lot. Um, that's the one that I use the most frequently, which is by Tilly Walden, and that one has a very different kind of depiction. It's like a. It's actually pretty hard to describe. It's like one person who's large on the card and she has her hands up and then like in her hands is like a small version of two people in front of the tree in the garden of eden mm-hmm. and then like almost like superimposed on her is an angel holding their hand out to the sun and then their other hand is down below and it's holding on to two people also kind of looking like a garden of eden it's it's very different looking card and it sends very different messages which is again why thinking about the imagery of the card can be really impactful for thinking about how you might interpret it so looking at the Rider-Waite deck which is really focusing on these religious ideas this higher power kind of thinking this decision making the kind of like ultimate first decision are you going to eat from the tree or not you know Mm -hmm. um it has a very different connotation than some of these other cards do. So it's just something to think about when you're reading the cards and when you are examining a deck that you want to use is thinking about how that imagery is impacting your reading because it can really be focusing on one aspect of the meaning of the card or another or they might even be adding in a new meaning to the cards you hadn't thought about before, which is why taking a look through the... The um companions that come with decks can be kind of interesting to see how different artists or creators added their own flavor to the meanings of the decks and what their symbolism means
1: mm-hmm. uh in in the uh, Lion Strider deck that I use, uh, the lovers are actually represented by two cranes. It, I mean it doesn't specifically say cranes in the book here it says it says uh to me this card manifested as avian. Uh, but they they look like cranes to me.
0: That's really interesting. I wonder why that is.
1: I think, I mean, there there are several birds that mate for life, and the Lion Strider deck is all about like the blurry line between like dreaming and waking, and the animal and the uh and the human, that sort of thing. So I do think that. It fits in a lot of ways. There also is still a snake in this version as well. Um, Let me send this to you.
0: Oh, interesting. So I'm looking at the card now. Yeah, and they're like wrapped around each other quite tightly, but still. And there's this kind of almost flame impression around them that has, I think, to do with like passions. And that's at least my first impression when I look at it. Yeah, definitely. I can't tell what's going on underneath them, though.
1: Uh, So it's a snake wrapped around fruit. That you oh, can actually okay. see the so snake's face over idea. on the leftmost fruit.
0: Okay, yeah, I can see that now. That's so interesting. So again, this just speaks even further to how it's helpful to be looking at the imagery. Like I, I only use the Rider-Waite deck as... Well, I do use it for reading sometimes, but to be honest, I turned it into flashcards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's just because I find that the typical imagery is the easiest way to learn the cards initially if you're just searching for like rote memorization because it is the one that most interpretations you're reading are going to be going off of that imagery yeah and but once you get comfortable with that it's so nice to be able to take in other ideas from the cards and it's something that I have been improving about a lot over even just the past few weeks really and I think it really enriches your reading
1: I agree. I, I do think that because the Rider-Waite is such an influence on modern tarot in general it can be a really useful tool to look at a, a sort of base interpretation of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then look to see what they changed and what they didn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So I want to get into the upright meaning of the card. So we've talked about it a bit, but this card has a lot to do with love, for one. I mean, it's called the Lovers. It's not trying to trick you. <laughs> like it's it, it is that kind of idea of like you know, soulmates or love or partnerships, harmony, connection, sometimes like shared values. It also has to do with choices, and that has to do I think a lot with the Garden of Eden and imagery, but like your personal belief system, making decisions, um, you know, kind of committing to a path or an ideal.
1: I also usually think of it as as like harmony as well, not necessarily any sort of relationship, but harmony between uh, different aspects of the reading.
0: Oh, can you expand upon that a little bit?
1: So like sort of the unification of, of themes or like I, I'm trying to trying to give an example here, like in a in a three card spread, I would say that having the lovers in the middle between two other cards to me, unless it's like a relationship reading, um, I I sometimes think of it as like taking the meanings of the two other cards and using them together, or like taking the lessons from the two other cards and using them together being essential for uh, solving problems.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. When you do readings, do you tend to use spreads or do you use just kind of like your intuition?
1: I would say more intuition. I typically go for, like, a three-card spread kind of thing, just because it's it's simplest and uh, I feel there's less... I feel there's more room for interpretation, less room for, like, having to force a meaning onto mm-hmm. things. Like, I really don't like uh, Celtic Cross because I think it's too... I think it's too many cards, and I think that there's too many, like, factors to try and keep all together.
0: I, yeah, and I still haven't tried the Celtic Cross. I'm with you, I tend to do three card spreads. I I will do, like, five card ones, yeah. or um, depending on the question, I might do more. Like, I have done more. I think I did eight cards for someone recently, but it was, like... I pulled five, I think initially got some feedback and then pulled like a few extra for clarity. Like it wasn't really like a spread initially with that many cards. Cause I find that it is really challenging. It it takes a lot of skill <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to take that many different meanings. I mean, unless you got a poll where they all have some pretty clear threads, you know, um, or similar meanings, excuse me, it can be pretty challenging to incorporate all those different ideals into like a, a thread that makes sense or or just something that's not too prescriptive. Certainly. But I think, yeah, the idea of harmony, the idea of harmony is really big in this card. I mean, I think that is kind of, if we had to distill this card down to one word, that is probably the word I would choose, would be harmony. Because it has a lot, I think, to do with not just relationships in the capital r sense but relation between two ideas or two people or two um two concepts in your life um it could be the harmony or balance between your work life and your home life you know it could be you can extrapolate it out a lot but i think at the basic level it has to do with Harmony within yourself and harmony amongst the things in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. I can agree with that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, what is your kind of take on the whole personal belief system idea? Especially when we're looking at this card in comparison with the Hierophant, which it comes after.
1: Uh, I'm not sure what you mean, to be honest. That's that's never been my part of my reading of The Lovers.
0: That's so interesting. So a lot of... A lot of sources I've read. I've I when I study the cards, I try to read like at least six or seven sources to kind of get the idea of the meaning of the card, and then I'm kind of combining them into my own interpretations and major themes. Mm-hmm. And what came up in almost all of them, and I think this has a lot to do with the angel and the and the Garden of Eden, is this idea of the Hierophant is learning the kind of societal belief system right mm-hmm. and it is learning the expectations of traditional wisdom and traditional kind of groupthink and understanding the conventional ideas of thinking with the lovers a lot of interpretations i read bring it to this concept of creating your own personal belief system and your own unique way of thinking and your own kind of moral attitude towards life.
1: So to me, that Wait, kind yeah. of speaks mm-hmm. against the imagery of the card, at least on a more like, on a more societal level, because what beliefs are more prominent in our society than Christianity? If we are looking at this mm-hmm. incredibly like biblical uh, imagery on this card, to me, this is just further grinding in societal beliefs and and like societal dogma am I using that word right uh,
0: I, I think so uh
1: principle or set of <laughs> um, principles laid down by yeah laid by down by an authority is incontrovertibly true also a hit uh 1999 film by Kevin Smith
0: <laughs> yeah a really good one um Yeah, well, from what I'm reading about the. When I try. I shouldn't even just say what I'm reading. When I'm kind of self interpreting from that. I mean, like, when we think about the Garden of Eden, like, that has a lot to do with choice and making your own kind of personal choice. But what I struggle with is that in the Garden of Eden, there's like a right and a wrong choice, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) It's not really about your personal belief, it's about like the rules. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So it is. And I, and I think that the angel has to do with kind of like a call to a higher level of thinking in this way, or like it could have to do with just like the idea of like a blessed union or something. But I, I do see it can be kind of like a call to your higher plane of existence. Um, I think a lot of the cards have that kind of idea of like, oh, here's the spiritual world and here's a material world and here's like the duality between them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do think it's interesting the idea that like having harmony in your life with another person helps you helps balance you and stabilize you in a way that you can create your own beliefs. Um, but I do think it is like a really unique kind of addition to the card or additional reference of meaning to the card that I do sometimes struggle to um to pull in, even though so many different sources have this kind of concept of it, and then it's so interesting to me that that's not something that's ever even conceptually been brought up for you in this card. So,
1: yeah, I mean, back to the idea of like choices. Um, you, you said there's sort of like a definitive right and wrong choice, but I think that's more nebulous if we're going with a, a sort of like biblical outlook on this sort of like garden of eden thing where like both choices are correct in a way like either living in in blissful ignorance or choosing to eat the fruit and uh gaining knowledge but being punished for it you know both both decisions have equal merit in a way but only one uh gets gets punished that's i don't know mm-hmm
0: Yeah. And it is kind of, I guess you could say, making the choice anyway, like still Mm -hmm. deciding what is your personal, what is important to you and like how you're going to prioritize things in your life. Um, So when you think about the reverse meaning of this card, what are the things that really stand out to you first?
1: I'm going to be straight with you. I don't use reverse interpretations. I don't reverse my cards at all. Oh, really? Why do
0: you choose to do that? I'm always curious.
1: I think that there's a wide enough range of of emotions, of meanings, uh, both positive and negative, in cards already to... Mm-hmm. It doesn't really justify uh, reversing to me. Also because reverse, reverse positions are complicated and I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> but also I, like hey, i, I don't know i feel that they are complicated yeah i feel the reverse from alive cards is kind of just like i don't know mostly just the opposite of the card so to me this would be like disunity uh disharmony not necessarily hate but like conflict attachment yeah
0: when I think of the reverse of the cards, I think, and I think this is why it gets complicated, and I think I talked about this a couple episodes ago, but I think of it as being taking the upright version to one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily have to just be the opposite. I think it can also be that card too much. Mm-hmm. So, like, it could be over committing to another person, maybe, um, or, like, like, losing sight of other things in your life because you're focused on this one relationship or this one connection or something
1: harmony to a fault
0: yeah yeah exactly like where you're maybe becoming um sheltered from other people and it could be an unhealthy attachment mm-hmm. in that way
1: i can tell you're a social worker
0: <laughs> yeah sorry i did talk about attachment issues in an earlier episode no it's okay i'm dating
1: a former social worker i understand
0: yeah, the social work comes out a lot in my readings because it's just, like, that's what I think about. I think about all these, like, kind of human elements and, like, trying to, like, interpret them. But, yeah, they do. It does come out. Um, <laughs> But I do think that the what you were saying kind of goes more into my typical understanding of the reverse nature of this card, which would be, like you said, just kind of the opposite meaning. So it could be, if we're thinking about the harmony aspects, and yes, it can be discord. It can be maybe issues with trust. You might um be feeling imbalanced between the two of you. You might be feeling like you're giving more than you're receiving or the opposite. Um, it could be that you feel disconnected from others in your life or disconnected from things in your life. Maybe you feel kind of like you're wavering out in space. I think it can also have to do If we're talking about this kind of concept of choice, then it could also have to do with like not being accountable for your decisions or making like bad or ill thought out decisions or selfish decisions.
1: Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. So one thing I like to do, and maybe this is more meaningful to you, even though you don't really use spread so much, but I like to think about how we would read these cards if they're in a position kind of opposite their traditional meaning. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say we got the lovers, but it was in like a what's not working for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what those kinds of things would mean. Because I think that kind of helps people understand the richness and, and how broad these cards can be.
1: So, the lovers in a position of like, what is not working for you in a situation. I mean, yeah, in a in a relationship spread, that is a, a kind of easy interpretation for me, the relationship itself is not working or if we're taking the lovers as a a sign of like unity and harmony, the fact that you're maybe not rocking the boat enough, like you are you're putting yourself aside to keep the peace.
0: Oh, that's a really that's a really good interpretation there. I don't think I would have always thought about that one, but that's really real. Like you're not expressing yourself or giving enough of yourself to really be truly harmonious. You are just giving the illusion of it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, the other direction could be you're putting yourself too much out there. Um, you are you're not letting anything be up to be up to mystery or interpretation in some way, which you know, vulnerability and honesty is always great. But sometimes, uh, you know, oversharing or over over reliance on people can also be uh, harmful. It can also not work for you.
0: Yeah, no, that's real. That's a, a very good interpretation as well. I, I haven't gotten this card too often in outside of relationship readings, so I'm really curious kind of just like in my experience just because most of the time people want readings a lot of times they want relationship readings
1: yeah (laughs) Um, it's the human experience
0: yeah which i understand it gets a little boring for me to do them over and over and over again but just because i do readings for people pretty regularly like i usually do at least a few a day um which can be a little exhausting i won't lie Mm. um i might need to slow down
1: it's a lot of energy
0: (laughs) but it is a lot of energy. I don't think people realize how much energy it takes to read the cards. Like it because it takes a lot of mental and emotional and like intuitive energy to take these cards and try to like create a thread or an understanding or meaning like to it that is comprehensible.
1: Yeah, it flexes your your empathy <laughs> muscles. It it makes you really like bring out your your powers of observation about a situation or about a person Mm -hmm.
0: but if we're getting this this card in let's say i don't know a career spread let's say how might you interpret it or i know that might be a little difficult without having other cards for context but how might you interpret it in in a spread like that where it's more kind of further from the kind of inherent close meaning of the card that is a little easier to attach to hmm
1: <clears throat> excuse me so like what was, what was it you said a, bus- a business spread financial something like that
0: like career or something career spread, that is okay. less yeah just less focused on you know the kind of traditional meanings of this card
1: I would say in a Sorry, some kind of fucking motorcycle going on, going by on the street. I would say maybe it would be about, like, you know, harmony with, with co-workers or with, um, or with, uh, not necessarily authority figures, because I think of the lovers as more of, like, equal footing. Mm-hmm. And I would think of perhaps the the hierophant as as an authority figure more um
0: I agree with you mm-hmm.
1: but maybe trying to trying to be more positive in your uh career aspects trying to uh work more harmoniously with other people and uh perhaps even with yourself
0: yeah I think it could also even have to do more with your relationship with work in um in even a broader aspect less about the people but more about like are you in a good work situation that it's kind of harmonious in your life like Mm -hmm. is it something that is sustaining you and you know but also not draining you
1: yeah the idea of like do you enjoy your work
0: yeah and also do you get something out of your work i think Mm -hmm. too like because you're giving you're giving into your work constantly are you getting anything out of it
1: yeah
0: um like if you're looking at If you were looking to, let's say, I don't know, switch jobs and you pulled this card up, then they would kind of ask you to consider those aspects. Like, are you, do you feel like you are getting out of your job, what you're putting into it? Do you feel like you are growing from this position? Do you feel like you are, you know, or if not, does this new opportunity perhaps present those, those possibilities in a way that your current job does not? So like, for instance... I would think, let's say, back when I switched from my job at a nursing home to my current job where I'm a program director for an organization that serves LGBT seniors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, if I had pulled this card then, I would have really thought about how much my I was not I was really drained from my previous job. And it wasn't really a harmonious relationship. I was coming home very stressed every day. And this new opportunity presented a lot of um, opportunities to invest in the things that I cared about mm-hmm. and to, um, I mean, not that I didn't care about my work in the nursing home. I love my residents, but to invest in areas of my, my knowledge and my expertise and the things I was interested in, in a new way that I hadn't been able to really. And that was really meaningful to me and that I felt like I was gonna be able to grow a lot from and learn a lot from both in my career and personally. Yeah. And that might be how I might have interpreted that card if it had pulled up in terms of like giving me direction or ideas of what to do.
1: Yeah, and I mean like talking about queerness in relationship to the lovers, um, it's sort of a tangential topic. But a lot of we're not gonna say alive modern decks, but alive alive decks by queer creators often make the lovers queer in some way. Um mm-hmm. and I think that that uh representation in the art uh, brings the meaning more around to that idea of, of thinking for yourself outside of societal norms.
0: Yeah, I can see that for sure, when it's more reflective in that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think it's also just, you know, when you're gonna be... It, harmonious with someone else you have to be yourself
1: yeah definitely you know because
0: you're not going to feel inner harmony if you're acting against your higher beliefs yeah and so that might be kind of the way that that comes in too is that like you're not going to experience harmony in your life if you're not if you're excuse me if you're not acting in harmony with yourself
1: yeah very much and I
0: think that can be a big maybe the way that that really comes up is are you acting in such a way that you are being true to yourself are you in harmony internally or if not how do you expect to be in real not like again i don't i don't mean this in the you can't no one can love you if you don't love yourself because i don't agree with that but yeah. like if you're not in harmony with yourself then you're not going to be in harmony with other people like because you're not in harmony in general <laughs> like <laughs>
1: it's easier to love acting. others when you love yourself
0: yeah and i don't even mean love i just mean this, the true sense of harmony i think you yeah. can you know i think you can love others when you don't love yourself but i think it'd be very difficult to be in harmony with others if you're not in harmony with yourself yeah you know, totally. if you're not acting like yourself if you're not being true to yourself and what you want and what you desire then how can anyone else really give that to you if they don't even know if you don't know yeah totally So it's just another kind of attachment there, um, to the meaning of the card and then going in the reverse, or if you got it in a certain position in a reading, it could be that kind of a sense of you're not in harmony with yourself. You're disconnected, not just from others, but you're disconnected from your own higher beliefs, your own kind of ideas of what you want, you know, your actions and your, the meaning you want to leave on the world in a sense um, and you're not acting in that way.
1: Yeah, I I definitely like I said I I agree with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, is there any other aspects of this card you wanted to touch on?
1: I don't think so. I'm I'm looking off uh off to the side at one of the other decks that I have on my desk here that I don't really use. Uh, this one is uh tarot familiars by. Ooh, where is it? Well, the illustrations are by Lisa Parker. Uh, I don't know if Lisa Parker designed the the whole deck and the interpretation pamphlet that's in it. Uh, but the lovers in here is Little Red Riding Hood and a Wolf, which I oh, okay. find to be a very strange choice. I do not yeah. consider that typically to be uh, quite that loving. So I've questions no. about Lisa Parker's interpretation of not even really of the lovers but of little red riding hood <laughs> i need to know <laughs> what, what the hell she's thinking
0: yeah i don't know maybe she read twilight too much when she was younger and she's like yeah that's a healthy dynamic that's mm, <laughs> true yeah i i don't know that i wouldn't even begin to know how to bring that imagery into the card yeah. If anyone listening has a concept or wants to make up a reason why that works, please hit me up.
1: Like Beauty and the Beast, I get. But Little Red Riding Hood, I very much do not understand. Lisa Parker, please no. at me if you, by some chance, hear this.
0: Yes, please. I'm really curious. Uh, so speaking of, where can people find you on the internet if you want to plug anything? Uh,
1: so I'm on Twitter at PunkDyke, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. I still can't believe that nobody had that at. Um, yeah,
0: that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Uh, I I can also be found on my uh, mental health advocacy slash uh, DID related content uh, at WeAreAlexandra uh, on basically everything as well. Um, I'm part of a, I'm one of the hosts of a romance novel uh, recap and ranking podcast, the Three Little Words podcast. Uh, We read and rank romance novels on steaminess, dreaminess, and memeiness. So if you're looking for more lovers, uh, look no further.
0: Amazing. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Epsilina, that is at E-P-S-I-L-I-N-A. If you would like to commission a reading, and I'm sorry that I talked about how they exhaust me, uh, please still do it. Uh, but you can do so at ko-fi.com slash E-P-S-I-L-I-N-A. Uh, you can also find my Tumblr at timebeingtarot.tumblr.com. Um, and thank you so much for joining us, Claudia. I really appreciated this conversation.
1: Thanks for having me. Let me know if you want to talk about any other cards in the future. I mean, there's 70... 70- two
0: there's 78
1: ah I always forget
0: there's 78 cards and then who knows what I'm gonna do once I finish those you know that's uh that's a figuring it out for another day (laughs) well thank you so much and join us next time when we're going over our next cards okay (laughs)
1: Nicole was your typical hopeless romantic moonlighting as a fan fiction writer. Claudia was a hard headed activist with a YouTube channel and the mysterious past. When Nicole hit a deep funk in her writing, Claudia suggests one of her hidden passions romance novels. Now the two have fallen into a world of endless handsome hunks, doe eyed damsels, and lascivious lovers. It is now their sacred duty to rank these novels on three criteria. Their steaminess. I had to fan myself off. Their dreaminess. She's not missing anything without him, but he makes her life better. And their meeminess. Cal wouldn't be in some small-town pie-eating contest. That's not why he left me. <laughs> Join our heroines every other week as they overcome unhealthy relationship archetypes, thesaurus-abusing authors, and anatomical inaccuracies to prove that love can conquer love on the three little words podcast only on the moonshot network